weekly podcast that I don't know why you're listening to it, but hopefully you enjoy it. My name's Austin Eller. I'm I'm hosting this episode. I'm joined, as always, which is I think actually true this time for the most part, by um George Cam Newton. Is it still Cam Newton Loftus? I'm still, still riding Cam Newton I'm Loftus? still riding Cam Newton. Yeah. Okay. Oh so, no, although there were some impressive uh debuts from some new rookie skill position players. So I might be changing my really? name soon. Okay. But then also, I got friends who were worried that their team would draft Mac Jones, and mm-hmm. uh, they sent me a whole bunch of, you know, questionable articles about his character. So I'm I'm holding off on George Mac Jones. Probably not going to be George Mac Jones Loftus anytime soon. But Cam Newton, ride 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 with him. Okay, so um, I, I actually need to back up because Andy just informed me that there's a better nickname for you now after last week. Okay, which is George and the Giant Peach. Oh, that's right, George. So. <laughs> I like that. So my we're nickname, gonna go with that one. My nickname is a Termin because someone can't read. Like that's because <laughs> someone else doesn't know how to read. <laughs> was it Seth? Yeah, it was, it was me. Because uh, I thought it was George and the Giant Peach, not James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> so speaking of giant peaches, God, you hot Seth. idiot. <laughs> Seth, I don't. What in the world is Seth's nickname at this point? I don't even know. Big fat scat. <laughs> <laughs> Seth. The big fat scat himself, Slake House. How's it going, Seth? Uh, it's going pretty well, man. I'm feeling like a silly goose today. It's a big old silly goose. Ready to get some shenanigans going. That's I was good. thinking Seth's sweater chest, Slake House. <laughs> um, <laughs> Slake House. Do you, do you have a hairy chest? You look like you'd have a hairy chest. Oh, but man. also, I wouldn't be surprised if you were just otter bald under there. Oh, there. I got, I, got, I got a lot going on down here. Your chest hair is doing the thing where it's like reaching up to like your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, it's like grasping, like, get me out of here. Trying so to connect like to a, your beard. Here's like an interesting thing about me. I get a lot of belly button lint because all sure, the, yeah. the orientation of my hair on my stomach goes towards my belly button. All of it. You think it would go in one direction, but it doesn't. So like. Whenever I'm moving around throughout the day, like a black hole. Yeah, it's just getting yeah, constantly pretty, sucked yeah. in there. Yeah, it's just constantly <laughs> getting sucked in there. It's like the uh, the teeth on the sarlacc pit. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it only go, it can only go one way. You, know? you think if stuff falls through there, it can travel through time or like yeah. past dimensions. <laughs> maybe, or... maybe, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's on the side of that bad boy? So I'm assuming any, right? You work with yes. any? Okay. Yes, very, okay. very, very much so. Okay. What about you, George? I'm also an innie. Okay. Uh, I got well, like a nice Annie little, group. nice little balloon knot inside that innie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not the usual term for a belly button. <laughs> what do we call it? What's it called? Usually, uh, a a balloon knot is is the, a butthole. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, it's a butthole. <laughs> but, but a I chocolate mean, starfish. Yeah, but like it looks like an actual like like I don't know what else to call it. Like it's one of the when like you see something so perfectly named, you're like, oh yeah, that's the name. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Or like a little so, like, a, like a reservoir tip coming out of the center oh, of my oh, yeah. my belly button. <laughs> there you go. What a great way to start this podcast. <laughs> right, now that but, no one's listening, let's talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about belly buttons. <laughs> Your your weekly belly button podcast right here, folks. Woo! Um, you know, talking about fun stuff here, Seth. I, I hear you have something you'd like to share with us that, oh. that seems to be something. 
I dude, I didn't know we were starting out with this, but I'm so glad we are because it's been on my mind all day that I just got to tell this story on the show. This is a classic Seth Lakehouse story that <clears throat> I had forgotten in the depths, like the deep parts of my brain. It was completely gone. And for some reason today, I just remembered and it popped in. I was like, I have never told this story on the, on air before. And it's great. So if you will, gentlemen, take a, a time ship back to the year 2011. With we me. go into Seth's or yeah, Seth's belly button. Yeah, we'll fall into your belly yeah. button. <laughs> this is, <laughs> That's this is senior. Man, yeah, it was 2011. This is senior year. Prime time, Seth. This is like black belt, like grand champion, football player, wrestler. I'm, I'm, you know, in the gym every day. I'm super in shape, very strong. And I'm dating this very conservative Christian girl. So Sorry, Apex Seth is what you're saying. Yeah, Apex Seth, like, okay. like prime Seth. And I'm dating this very conservative Christian girl who wanted me over winter break to go to this, like, it's this local camp called Camp Susquo, but it's, it's like a very Christian, like, summer camp thing, right? And they had this this two week program. Maybe actually no, it was just one weekend. It was what it was a weekend. It was called Blast, and it was for kids that were like I want to say like sixteen to nineteen or something like that, late teens. And it was supposed to be like more of a more of like a, a late young adult type experience, but once again centered on the super Christianity. It was like really lame. I was like just dying to get out of there. And on the second, it was there's three days. On the second day, they, they just played this like pit game where they, they smacked the ball and it was like kind of interesting. And they wanted me to join and I was like, nah, I'm good, man. I was like, oh well, we got something tomorrow that you're gonna love. It's called the TP trot. And now I gotta set the stage for you guys. All right. So this <laughs> take us this, to Camp Camp Susque, Susque, Yeah, Susquehanna. <laughs> just you. Camp Susquehanna. Okay. This is a, a a camp out in the middle of nowhere, and these aren't like your Midwestern farmer wrestler Christians, right? These are like the, I'm, I've been homeschooled my whole life <laughs> and I wear a pen protector, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, like they've, they've never seen conflict in their whole life and they wear probably high-waisted jeans that show their socks. They, these, these type of, these type of nerds, right? <laughs> and they have this thing called the TP trot and what it is, is they have a gas can on top of this mountain, and it's a loop, and at the bottom, they, all these kids fight it out, and like, get in like this, somewhat of a brawl, to see who carries the gas can over the finish line. And I'm listening to this be explained, and I'm like, what is happening? Like, are you guys serious? Like, like, they're like, oh yeah, no punching, no kicking, but you're allowed to just take them out, you know? Like, like I like absolutely take them out, and I'm like, what? And, and like, like, like I'm not joking. Like these, these, these guys are not like they're athletic. Like some of them are very clearly athletic, but they are not like competitive guys. How many, how many weight classes below you would you say the average person there was? I'm probably like a solid two fifty and. They're probably like 180 and below. Yikes. Okay. okay. Well, no, the, the, if I remember correctly from the pictures, you can tell there was like a couple bigger guys. Okay. It doesn't matter. They weren't. They weren't the, these type. All well, right. No, it's just I know you said karate, and they're like you can take yes. them out. No punching or kicking. 
yeah. And you're like, okay, but like I'm one half of them more than them. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like you gotta remember, I was also like a football wrestler, like mm. judo, jujitsu. Like, like I'm very much a physical contact kind of guy at this point in my life. So they're like, yeah. So you can just take whoever out you want, and at the bottom, with we. We're, we're trying to impress the girls, all right. So this is this is a co-ed camp, and their whole thing was they're trying to impress the girls at the bottom at the, at the finish line. But what it turned out was that they actually already had a winner picked. The whole thing was a farce, and they they we, they were just putting on an act, and that this guy was going to win. It was going to be like a, like 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 a thing, but they weren't pretending to take each other out. That was very that was made very clear to me, right. So what we were supposed to do was all just race back down to the bottom of this loop and just beat the sh out of each other. Good save. Until <laughs> until this kid crossed the finish line. All right. So and I'll, I gotta show the pictures with you guys after. What ended up happening was I'm not a cardio type of guy, right? And this is like a long trail to the top of the mountain. Grab the gas can and back. So we take off. They immediately start outpacing me. And I'm like, okay, this is a problem. So instead of running up the mountain, I cut right <laughs> across the field and hide behind this barn, right? Where I know the trail comes back oh, around. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, there's like another guy with me, right? Like we decided we're like, screw that. We're just going to cut across down. System. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're like the bandits in like a yeah a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> so like, so like, we cut across and we're just waiting for these guys to come down. And they we we waited for a while. By the way, oh, by the way, also this takes place January second. It's the middle of winter in Pennsylvania. Okay, there was no snow on the ground, but it was the middle of winter. It's very cold. So these guys finally start coming down, and we're at the bottom of the field, and we just ambush them, right? And there's no teams. It's every man for himself. And by every man for himself, I mean, it's Seth versus like 15 other guys. <laughs> All right. Because I had no interest in this gas can. I, it was open season. You on just want to beat people up. Yeah. It's, it's, it, was, it was open season on these nerds. Right. Like, so like, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be funny for the girls. Cause like you come down and they're, they're playing the chicken dance music on speakers right and i'm sure they thought it was like hilarious especially this this funny scene of like all the guys like fighting over the gas can playing the, you know the chicken dance music turned into this horrific like 80s <laughs> like horror movie of me just like taking people and launching them into the air and like angle slamming them and like spine bustering them <laughs> over and over again right and at one point like the like the leader of the blast group, his name was Davis. He was actually my boss's younger brother. I don't know who this guy thought he was. Like you thought he was gonna be some sort of hero, right? So he charged at me, and I just dug in and flipped him through the air, just dropped him. And eventually, <laughs> I looked down, and he's like, "Go, go!" To the kid who has the gas can <laughs> 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 to go across the finish line to end it. So, like, I got a couple pictures, and I know that, like, this isn't, like, ideal for... It'll be quick, though, just to show you guys. Um, so, this is this is the first one here. You can see us taking off. I don't know if Slack's going to allow it to happen. Oh, yeah, okay, it is. So okay, yeah, I and, see. And you, and you can kind of see me in the background. You can see, like, these guys, like, they're not... They're not, like, 
the type, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty, and then, pr- pretty thin looking guys. Yeah. And then here is <laughs> this picture where you can see them fighting over the gas can. One person that I had taken out already and me just coming in the distance after them. <laughs> In my tap out shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can see the carnage that was the final, like, look. The thing is, you can see in this photo, like, how much larger you are than these guys. The, all, all these guys on the ground, the corpses around me. <laughs> I can hear your footsteps in this photo. <laughs> like, there's like. Four or five guys just like around. I took all those guys out, by the way. What? <laughs> I was never invited back. <laughs> what? How? I was like, really? <laughs> really? I was never invited back. And it came out. They were like quite angry about this. Like they were they were pretty upset about me just like going in there and being like super <laughs> aggressive and physical and just dropping all these guys. And I was like, this is what you asked for, though. <laughs> How'd your relationship go? Are you still with her? No, no, we broke up like a year later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like that you started the story off by saying these aren't your Midwestern wrestler Christians. Yeah, you immediately set up like they'd already determined a winner. It was a farce, which like (laughs) sounds to me not all that different than a wrestling match. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Was it supposed to be like fake? Like, were they supposed to like? Was it fake fighting that they? Or are you saying it was still real fighting? No, it was still it was still supposed to be like real. They were just like, but like like the winner was predetermined. So like they were like tackling okay. each other and just like you know like like roughhousing a little bit, right? <laughs> but I wasn't messing around, man. Like I was like, yo, screw all these kids. <laughs> I'm gonna make them. They're gonna get learnt today. Well, right? I gotta be honest. This is like slightly horrifying. Script. <laughs> I, I wasn't off script though. Like they were. This was the whole plan. They were like, they were ready for someone like me who was just like, I had no willingness for these guys' health. I was like, dude. When I tell you, I was I was actually performing pro wrestling moves on these guys. I was like grabbing their arms and like angle slamming them through the air, and like I'm like grabbing them and like hip tossing them. And yeah, I was I was never invited back. This really sounds like like if Friday the Thirteenth were about you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like a horror scene. Like when you see me running after these guys in this photo, and I'm like I'm like you know hauling after them they're, they're all like smiling in the photo right and i'm like about to just decimate this kid in the, the red hoodie in front of me so it's like <laughs> there was no rules either like you could blindside buddy you could jump with their legs just no punching oh my kicking. god Th- this is like horrifying to me not that you did this but the fact that this was like a, a, a thing that happens it's just these kids like destroy each other over this gas can like it's who came weird. up with this idea? It's weird because I don't think Pennsylvania is that different than Maine. And Austin, did you grow up down south? Yes, yeah. Oh, I was I was I, born and raised here. I don't think it's that different than Pennsylvania, like generally. But I don't think at any point someone would have asked either of us, like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? And either one of us <laughs> would have been like, Oh, uh, I committed a few hate crimes by beating up Christian virgins in the woods. <laughs> Over a gas can. Over a gas can that someone <laughs> left on top of a mountain, you know, to impress some babes. Like, I don't think, it, like, you know the whole, like, if you give monkeys a typewriter, eventually, like, 
they're going to type out a Shakespeare play just if, you, if they have infinite time. Like, I don't think we would have gotten there, you know? <laughs> There's another one. This is, I mean, that has to be probably the best story that I've ever heard come out of your mouth, Seth. That is absolutely hilarious. No, like, yeah, like, but like, yeah. So I just, I gotta make it clear. They, this wasn't like a conversion camp. Like these were kids that already knew each other. They'd grown up together pretty much, right? Like, they 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 had grown up with camaraderie and like super Christian. So and they weren't competitive. They all so, liked but, each other. They just didn't know me, yeah. and that was the and you stepped in. <laughs> yeah, so you stepped when, in, you were like, I don't care about these stupid kids. Yeah, when you throw, <laughs> I don't care if they go to the hospital. When you throw like a like an angle like me in there, like a variable, <laughs> things get real bad real quick. Yeah, man, you're like you were like the character that shows up in season four, and we're just like, who yeah. the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was like, "This isn't fun anymore." <laughs> we, we we want out. All right, uh, continue, Austin. Uh, I was just gonna say. So next year, what I'm hearing is that we should do this, except like at the top of the hill, there's like a copy of of Cyberpunk or something like the the worst game you can think of to like fight over and physically beat the crap out of each other over. Dude, we- I'm so sure they never did that again. I'm I'm so sure. They never made that mistake again. Well, those kids probably were... nev- never left the hospital, Seth. They're probably still there. <laughs> probably pissing in bags somewhere in Eastern Like, <laughs> <They, Keith. laughs> I was ruthless. I like these kids probably wake up in cold sweats thinking of the day they crossed Seth's like house. I mean, <laughs> what uh, what video game do you think we'd have to put at the top of a mountain uh, to bring out the worst side of Elijah? <laughs> Lollipop chainsaw. Oh, no, but like, like I'm thinking like a like a spider or something on playstation one like some like random super low print playstation one game that we've never heard elijah talk about before but it's one of his five favorite games he's never played i'm just like what game game would it have to be on top of the mountain to just make him fierce you know just bring out (laughs) bring out make him the true loco lizard man (laughs) (laughs) what will make him go loco yeah I mean, I don't know, but you can you can add 2011 Camp Sus with Seth to like your list of mythical figures. <laughs> Did that Seth beat up anyone in the video game industry? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I don't I'm just, know. I'm imagining like the lore in the years following this of like these kids sitting around the campfire and they're like, "You guys remember that one year that one kid nobody knew showed up and beat the crap out of all of us, and then he never yeah. showed up." <laughs> they probably like talk, they talk about you the way the uh, the covenant talk about Master Chief, like oh the demon, <laughs> like, dude. Like uh, this picture is just so funny to me though, because like they're it all smiling. There's one guy that's already felt the wrath, but they're all smiling, just kind of like joking around. There's two guys pulling on the the gas can. One's guy Davis, the the guy I was telling you about, the, the leader. He's wearing a shirt called it says Moose Pulling Team on it, whatever that means. And I have just like a. a I have a tap out sweatshirt on and I'm just moving behind them ready to just inflict carnage. Yeah, of course they're smiling. They haven't been run over by a rhino yet. Yeah, yeah dude. They had they no idea. They didn't they turn were, around and see what was behind them. They were not prepared. And I'm just in the next picture, I'm just smiling at all the corpses in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I know, you sociopath. <laughs> like, no. Oh, man. I, I wish that we could share these. This is hilarious. Well, this is the so, greatest day of my you, life. Have you just seen Fight Club for the first time, like the weekend before? <laughs> no. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't the case. I, I was just super amped that I, I could just, <laughs> no restrictions. 
Turns out uh, John Wick is actually based on this this camp that Seth showed up at. This one kid laying on his back, he's in serious pain. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> I just go. got spine bustered. Be right back, guys. I gotta go piss blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, so how about okay. the games we've been playing this yeah, week? Yeah, <laughs> how about that? You, you guys been beating any 15-year-olds up in, in any video games recently? Uh, I think I have, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, topical. I played this last week, and then I played some more this week. I just haven't had that much time for games between work and dogs and fixing up the house. Um, but man, I downloaded Splitgate, which is like the free-to-play first-person shooter uh, from 1047 Games. And it's like it's the game that's like if Halo and Portal had a baby, where it plays just like Halo, except you also have like a Portal gun that you can like set up on certain surfaces throughout the map. That game is great. Like that game is legit fun. Um, I've and, heard it's really good, and I'm a god at it. Um, I'm gonna add the caveat that I haven't hit level twenty, so you're just playing casual matches until you hit level twenty. But it's like the most unabashed Halo clone I've seen in ten years. Like it is borderline criminal how much they lifted from Halo. It's 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 literally Halo with slight skin swaps like palette swaps so on, on stuff. why do you why do you say that like the gun loadouts are the same the modes are the same the narrator is functionally the same like there's just so much halo dna throughout this game that it feels like did you guys ever see that movie coming to america no god children all right um trying to think of like a better equivalent um you know <laughs> okay you guys buy a lot of video games online and stuff have you ever seen like one of those like handheld game systems that looks exactly like a PlayStation Vita, but it's like mm-hmm. six hundred games in one, and it has the exact same like chassis body as right. a Vita? And you're like, well, that doesn't seem right, but it's thirty bucks or like you know some super just dirt cheap equivalent. Like it's it feels like that where it's just like everything is like borderline one to one. It's just slightly different. And then you- like, but you get it, and it's just like, oh man, this game plays great. Like this plays just like Halo. Uh, it, it's what are you super, playing on? super fun. Uh, I'm playing on PlayStation 5, and I oh, think okay. they're going to open up crossplay soon. Um, at least that was like something I saw on Twitter. But like this game is just like, you know, it came out, and then like there was some big announcement about it, and um, then it just like exploded. Like they were having server issues like the the day the game released because I think they said they were expecting like 12,000 people to play, and it was like 300,000 people were playing, 200,000 people were playing, like some ridiculous number many orders of magnitude more than what they were expecting for their server load. Right. And uh, I think it deserves it. Like, it's still in beta right now. Like, you see beta everywhere where you're playing. But they've got, like, a battle pass system set up. It's just 4v4. I had my first quad kill today right before we recorded. Like, the game is super fun. And it is just just Halo that you can play on PlayStation. This is interesting you say that because I've actually thought about this this week about Halo and Call of Duty, do you think it's possible the developers were fans of Halo and they were tired of having bad Halo, so they were like, we'll just make our own? Is that kind of what it feels like? I guess, yeah, but also, like, I don't think they're taking too many risks with this game. Like, I actually thought the Halo 5 multiplayer was awesome. Like, Warzones or whatever that mode is called is, like, is awesome. It's super fun. Uh, for me personally, like Halo's just been kind of a letdown story-wise, but like I really liked Halo 4. I understand that not a lot of people did, but I was like, 
I was like, oh, this could go an interesting place. And then Halo 5, I'm like, well, this isn't interesting. Yeah. Like, you guys kind of dropped the ball here. Um, and I think, I don't, I don't want to speak for every Halo fan, um, but I think that's, like, where Halo's sort of been falling short lately. Uh, this, they just completely cut out story, from what I can tell. There might be a campaign, I have no idea, because it's still in beta. But, man, it's just, like, no fuss multiplayer. It's just awesome. You just jump into a queue, and then you, you just keep going until you decide to leave the lobby and it's guys it's so much fun and it's free to play <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say i had heard some stuff about it i didn't realize it was free to play so i need to download it but i i just think the idea of kind of combining like the portal mechanics with a shooter are fascinating yeah i think that is really cool it's cool you can like shoot through your own portal to like kill someone like you can like set up traps like around corners and stuff oh, you, can wow. th- you can throw grenades to close enemy portals i don't think you can go into enemy portals i haven't tried um, that is one thing I've noticed that the portal part is kind of minimally used, at least on PlayStation. And I think it's probably because there's no Halo on PlayStation. And there's like nothing that really like the closest game I think that felt like Halo was on PlayStation 3 called Section 8. You guys remember that game? Section 8 yeah. Prejudice, I think yeah. was like the big expansion. I never they had. played it. Yeah, I never played it. Uh, I thought that game was dope. Uh, that game was a lot of fun. Again, because it was like the closest thing to Halo on PlayStation. This is much closer. Um God, it's it's great but like the playlist is like shoddy snipers i'm like huh where they think of that you know <laughs> like that they have a mode called swat which is just like headshots or like automatic kills wow and like i was just playing through that and like i had 27 kills like out of like 50 for our team because like no one else figured out that headshots just like were an instant kill That's um awesome. god it's just it feels so good i think this game is gonna get murdered whenever halo infinite comes out at least on xbox but like i can see it kind of thriving still on playstation just because there's nothing really like it destiny is close but destiny feels a little too fast and like this is a little bit slower a little bit more arcadey i guess yeah um piggybacking off of george do you guys think there is a copyright infringement issue in video games because for instance one of the things i thought about this week was halo in call of duty and how they set the standard for mechanics first halo and then call of duty kind of iterated on it they set the standard for the mechanics that we still use today and every shooter that came after call of duty copied those mechanics almost to the letter. Line for line. To the letter, mm-hmm. yes. And I feel like you couldn't get away with that sort of thing in any other industry. Whereas, you know, you, you look at the things that, like, Call of Duty and Halo in, introduced, like, you know, trigger fire and um, regenerative shields and, you know, the just, just all the mechanics, they, they all felt the same after that in every other shooter. It's just, that is kind of interesting. It is interesting. I got to think about this sometimes where it's just like, why do we only have two guns? You know, <laughs> like... Like, I, f- I find that a little frustrating. And, like, I understand it's because of, like, actual hardware limitations on, on Xbox, right? Like, that was why they did in Halo. And I think they were also going for realism, where it's just, like, uh, you could probably only hold two. Like, these are big alien guns. You can only hold two of these at once. Which, like, I guess I understand. But, like, I don't know, man. It was pretty fun. on like, the original Wolfenstein and the original Doom. And, like, I could literally just cycle through the numbers and just... Yep. Pistol, shotgun, machine gun, flamethrower. Like, you just, like, go through, like, your entire number key. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're probably right, Seth. I, I also, I think there's like a greater just inter- intellectual property challenge outside of video games, but I think you're totally right that it is really 
limiting when it comes to video games. I, I think in some ways it's a good thing. Like I almost, I, I think I like the universal controls mm-hmm. where, you know, square or X or whatever the equivalent is like always reload and like circle or B or whatever the equivalent is like always crouch. But at the same time, it's like, if we just decide that those are the controls, like how are we sure that that's like the best iteration of that? So like that part, I think it's fine, but like, I have no idea if it's stagnant just because it's been that way for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say too, cause I mean, it's, it's been like that for almost 20 years now, for the most part, most of like the, if we're just kind of focusing on the shooter example, I mean, control wise, things haven't really changed. So, um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question though. I, I mean, I kind of agree. I think it's, it's fascinating to kind of look at the shooters we have today and, and just kind of consciously think, okay, all of these basically basically play exactly the same i mean there there might be slightly different mechanics but gameplay wise like for the most part the core mechanics between most shooters are identical and controlled. Well, see, like the way i was thinking about it was like if a movie was shot the same way as another movie right almost the same exact scenes Maybe the characters were changed, the music was changed. It would be a significant issue, right? I mean, it no, because Point Break and Fast and Furious One are like beat for beat the same exact movie. I've never seen Point Break. It'll change your GD life. <laughs> the movie's incredible, uh, but they are beat for beat the same exact movie. And so I don't know if it's like a generational thing where it's just like, okay, like all of a sudden Point Break became an old movie, which is why 12 years later they made Fast and Furious. And they sort of like recontextualized like that drama for like a new audience. I'm being 110% serious. I think both movies are great. I think the first Fast and Furious movie is the best in the franchise. Um, But I do think it's interesting because like, I think that's why like because of almost, I don't, again, stagnation sounds like such a strong word. But, like, I think that's why I give so many other games a chance. Like, I think that's why, like, I, I dove head over heels into Fall Guys when that game came out. Because I was so intrigued by the idea of having a multiplayer experience that didn't revolve around me aiming down sights, you know? And, like, I think that's why Fortnite is starting to sort of splinter off a little bit. Like, there's still, like, the competitive shooter nature of it. But, like, so much of Fortnite isn't even about winning the round anymore, you know? It's, like, it's about exploring the world. And so I think... For all the problems of like games sort of iterating on like the same microcosmal mechanic ideas that like one game had 20 years ago, I think it does sort of give people the push to try out other games. No, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point because I mean, at some point things get get stale Yeah. um, for, for anybody. I mean, I look back at the past five years or so and um, a good example for me is like after really after Titanfall 2, Black Ops 3 era, like I kind of completely dipped off of like multiplayer shooters um, because I had been so hooked on them from like PS3 gen through most of the PS4 gen. And so um, it's just an interesting, interesting concept. And like, I mean, you look at stuff like, like Hades, um, which kind of took the world by storm last last year. And, you know, that's not like a, a super... I guess um, I don't know what the word is like. It's not a common game. It's it's pretty original. The the mechanics are pretty original, and so stuff like that I think does pretty well these days. Um, sure. But well, I guess do you guys think Halo 
should be credited maybe monetarily with Mm. the birth and success of the first person shooter genre that really exploded after it. Because without, without Halo, that whole genre is completely different. And they definitely did copy and take the things that Halo did great. That, that, made that genre explode yeah i'm not really sure i don't know if i have an answer for that because it's it's i don't know it's it's tough because all right like we all like comic books here and like there's always like uh you know x-men created by you know stanley and jack kirby there um and there was like other great teams to like work on the books but at the same time like I don't know, like, do you have to reference, like, how, like, X-Men Days of Future Past, like, do you, if that was, like, the comic book that made you want to write comic books as the author, like, do you feel a need to, like, reference that every time you write something like that, you know, like, if you're creating something and you were inspired by something else, like, how often do you feel the need, I guess, to, like, say, oh, I'm nothing without this thing that came before? Because, uh, like, there are other games that I think do stuff way better. Like, I love Halo, but, like, I think Halo is, like, slow as hell now. You know, like, right. the game that, like, really captured me was actually, like, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, like, that game was just, like, so fast and so twitchy. Like, and ironically, that game felt more, like, not like an arena shooter, but, like, closer to an arena shooter than, like, the modern-day FPSs of the time. Um, I don't know. It's super interesting. And, like, I love the idea of, like, like the etymology of games. Like, tracing the the history of certain design choices or like mechanics or whatever. I think that stuff's like fascinating. And I do think it's like important to know, but also at the same time, like, I don't know. I think someone should get credit for taking that and then like taking it to its next logical conclusion. Cause it's not like Halo hasn't had opportunity to, to do things differently, you know? Right. Right. That's all I had. Sorry for hijacking. The <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. I, I love these like esoteric conversations about, so I think that's way more interesting than, yeah, gun feels good. Headshot mode fun. Like I, I think that's like a, a much more valuable conversation to have than it sounds good. Bullets hard, you know. Like, George, uh, was that really all you had been playing this week, or did it you was have really all I've been playing this week? A little yeah. bit of Twilight. No, Skyward Sword. Man, that game sucks with motion controls. Don't play it with motion <laughs> controls. <laughs> Like like every week, George says the same thing. Yeah. I hate this game without motion controls. Uh, it's yeah, it's so frustrating. Like I'm calibrating my Switch Joy Cons less than I was my Wiimote, but man, still not great. Still not great at all. Seth, have you been playing anything fun this past week? Yeah, dude. I uh, I have, I've been playing Trails of Cold Steel Three. I'm trying to finish that before Tales of a. Aur- I, I hate this. I've been playing Trails of Cold Steel 3. I'm trying to finish that before Tales of Arise comes out. We've got Trails and Tales series. Trails of Tales. That's what the crossover is going to be called. We've got Tales of Arise coming out, and then next year, Trails of Azure coming out, and I'm just like, yeah, these... Can you guys these, talk? These can, can you guys talk and make sure that your stuff doesn't sound 80% <laughs> the same next time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah God. Uh, yeah, dude. Trails of Cold Steel 3 is really, really fun. It's really good. The story's awesome. The gameplay's awesome. It's probably one of the most in-depth RPGs I've played in a long time. Still can't recommend the series. 
I, I refuse <laughs> to recommend that anybody play this series because you have to sift through a first game that's 80 hours of nonsense. So I, I, I'm having a blast with it. I'm glad I stuck with it. But don't do the same unless you have a ton of time to waste. <laughs> you know? And the other thing I want to talk about was um, I upgraded my phone two days ago. Oh. Um, I got the S21 Ultra. It's huge. It's massive. Nice. Um, and also, Austin, you sent me the link that uh, xCloud was finally working. So I hooked up my Razer Kishi. It barely fits, by the way. It's stretched to its limit on the, on this phone. <laughs> and, dude, xCloud on, with Game Pass is an absolute game changer. I mean, I was really impressed with, like, Steam Link and Stadia. Not so much remote play, but it works in a pinch. But xCloud is the first time I've played a game remotely and not noticed the input lag. Yeah. And I'm, I'm playing it. I, I was actually playing Halo 4. I started it up um, earlier today, and I was like, dude, this feels incredible. And I'm playing it, and I'm like, I... I I'm trying to like like mess with it a little bit and like try and force myself to notice the input lag and I couldn't. And it's made me kind of realize I'm like, oh, this is bad news for Nintendo, dude, because xCloud plays so well that I think it makes except for like the exclusive games, it makes the Switch a little obsolete. You know? And I'm I'm like, man, Xbox really won me over this generation. <laughs> Like a year ago, I was like, yo, I mean, like, I'm never going to play an Xbox. I'm never going to be an Xbox fan. Because I, you know, I love Sony so much. And Xbox just did all the right things to the point where I'm like, is Xbox just like throwing tons of money into sinking PlayStation and Nintendo? They might be. Because, I mean, Game I Pass think... is so unprofitable. You have to imagine. I mean, yeah. like, there are so many games on it. Dude, Hades just came out this week. MLB The Show's on it. Um, I was playing Forza Horizon on my on my phone earlier. That was that worked great. So the problem I had with Steam Link before, where it's like, hey, you know, you I wouldn't recommend like you know high intensity shooters and like racing games. That doesn't exist with XCloud. I don't know how Microsoft pulls it off. My, my brain is actually not able to wrap around the latency, but it works great, man. And and I recommend anybody get Game Pass and, and try out the Game Pass app on Android. Wi-Fi or LTE? I was on Wi-Fi at the okay, time. Sorry, sorry, Austin. Well, I was just going to say the thing is too with Game Pass is like, I know it's a little different because I don't think you can necessarily buy xCloud games, right? Isn't it like limited to what's in the Game Pass library? Yes, yes. So I, I guess so. on that level, it's a little more limited, but still at the same time, it's like, as long as you have an internet connection, you have all those games at your fingertips. Yes. Unlike Stadia where, you know, you still have to buy the games or like you said with Steam Link where your, your PC has to be on. And yes, um, it's it's fascinating. I haven't tried it yet um, because I'm actually game sharing Elijah's Game Pass right now. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been thinking about just getting my own Game Pass subscription so I can use it because, I mean, I, I honestly would probably get, like you said, a, a Razer Kishi and, and use that when I'm laying in bed at night or whatever. and um, just kind of play it because I mean exactly what you said I, I've heard phenomenal things about xCloud compared to yeah to Stadia it's crazy man I'm like I'm, I'm definitely gonna like cancel my Stadia subscription because I don't really like Stadia that much and I think the games are like way overpriced but I mean I'm, I'm just looking at the game list here on, on game pass like the the cloud version of it 
We've got stuff like Code Vein, Control, you know, Crackdown 3. And just uh, on mine, I just downloaded Raji and Ancient Epic, which is like a small little indie game that I want to try out. Like yeah. isometric oh, yeah. third, third person action game. That looks fun. Yeah, dude. I mean, Game Pass is, is crazy. Super, super good. <clears throat> it's interesting. A couple things. Uh, I think you're totally right. Like, I, I think this is the future. I don't know if they're trying to sync PlayStation. Like, I assume that's like the ultimate goal. Because like, why wouldn't it be? But I think they were like probably embarrassed because like I think the reason so many different like streaming services cropped up was because Microsoft looked weak because of last gen, right? Like, you know, slouchy sales, like not really like a first party presence even on the platform, you know, like it right. really just seemed like a Blu-ray player that also could play games, you know? Right, right. Um, and like, this is absolutely the future. And like, I know it's better, but like, I kind of miss... Like, it's just such a boring way to do it, you know, like, and I'm just looking back on it and like, this was so impractical and in hindsight, it's so stupid, but man, like just the Game Boy Advance with like the e-card reader and the fact that you could like swipe a card and like play Donkey Kong, like so dumb, so impractical, so ridiculous, but man, there was just something like oddly cool about it too, you know, like that, that was like the idea of the future. And like, obviously this is a better version of the future. Um, but man, it, it does take a little bit of the romance, but then also like, it makes you realize like, why would I spend so much money on a box if I can just do this, you know, yeah, like exactly. I'll buy a $70 controller. Sure. And then a mount or like, what's that thing called that? Like you literally just like mount on the sides of your phone. I forget. That's what I was talking about. The Razer Kishi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great controller. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, why would I do that? Like just that. And then just sub to it, you know, like that yeah. is probably probably the way to go to be completely honest yep. like we were talking about comic books before we even record and it's just like i don't know how much longer i can like justify buying single issues anymore like something's got to change like they didn't change i changed they didn't change with me so like something's right. got to something's got to go and the fact that xbox is taking the steps forward is is great um as soon as playstation includes playstation now in playstation plus I think all of a sudden people are going to be like, oh, they really fixed PlayStation now. And it's like, no, man, it's actually been really good for like two years. You just never got it. Because why would you? It's a separate subscription. Like, you you don't need it to play games online. And the second it's included, I swear to God, people are going to have their minds blown. Because like every PlayStation 4 game can be downloaded to your PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. Like, it is functionally the same. But there's more options, I guess, for older games, uh-huh. just like through streaming. Um, so I'm waiting for that conversation to happen. I'm really excited for that George's bright moment. <laughs> I will say, talking about that, though, it's interesting to think that PlayStation Now has been around for so long at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's been around since, like... There's so many games. There's so many PS3 more games now. on PlayStation Now than Xbox Game Pass, too. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's so, like, by a factor of, like, four, like three or four, like, there's hundreds of games more on PlayStation Now. Yeah. They, wow. They can't market it for crap. Like Xbox is kicking its ass just in terms of like how simple it is, where it's just like Xbox Live Gold with Game Pass. Like it's just like it's all there. It's one thing to buy. And it's like a little bit more expensive than the other thing without the thing was. So it's like, oh, for five bucks more, I can get this for a month. Why wouldn't I? Like they just made it like too easy to ignore. And PlayStation is just like, well, actually, it's like two completely different services. And we feel like we want to offer value to the consumer by giving them the power of choice. It's like, no, man, shut up. Just charge five bucks more for it a month and just like roll it in. Like, just do it. Like, yeah. I swear and to God. Also, gonna we're going to not PR. tell our consumers it exists. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're just, it just like, it occasionally pops up like on your desktop or whatever it's called, like your home screen on PlayStation. And then everyone's just like, again, and then they delete it without checking it out. Well, so 
it seems like, and the rumor keeps circulating around, that PlayStation is going to include like some sort of anime subscription service and PlayStation Now into PlayStation Plus and for, for a higher premium price. Because Sony just bought Crunchyroll, yeah. which I don't really know how I feel about like Sony owning all the anime in the West, but yeah, they have like the anime monopoly now. Yeah. yeah. Especially because anime is already being kind of like monopolized by like voice actors and Austin, please. Animopoly. <laughs> they have the animopoly. Yeah. The sorry, animopoly. I, I portmanteau it. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't really know how I feel about that, but I don't know, dude. If, to me, I feel like Microsoft sat down and they're like, all right, PlayStation's feeding us our lunch. What separates us? What can we do better than them? And someone's like, we have a lot more money. Can we just do that? <laughs> and Microsoft's like, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> Throw let's, t- let's take a loss on Game Pass. Let's spend a crap load of money on Bethesda. Let's, yeah. you know, let's, let's buy throw- every studio in the industry. It's so, <laughs> it's so <laughs> tough, though, man. Like, I keep thinking about like the Bethesda purchase. And it's like, yeah, that was like calculated genius right there. But also, it was seven billion dollars. Like that's like it's such like that's such a large number. It's like abstract. Like that number is higher than the GDP of some countries. Like that's yeah, that's like ridiculous that they were able to outspend an entire country's worth of production in a year. You gotta buy, imagine like, one company in Maryland run by the biggest freaking dorks ever. Like it's just insane. You gotta imagine Bethesda was probably like, yeah, you can buy us for seven billion dollars. Yeah, and, and they were like, they were like, like, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, sh- yeah, like, should we have said eleven? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, the last thing I've been playing, of course, the Final Fantasy fourteen. I just want to say before I move on, I feel so bad and awful. Because I've been watching these, like, really sad World of Warcraft videos. I feel awful for the WoW community right now, man. Because they finally realized, after, you know, 10 years of just being on constantly, that, like, there's a better alternative and they've wasted their time. And I relate to that because, dude, by the time me and Austin started podcasting together, 10 years ago, I had already been playing WoW for six years, right? And I I had been playing WoW like pretty hardcore at that point, and I played WoW on and off casually up until like last year, until I was like, you know what, nah, I'm I'm done. And I and I just pretty much moved over to Final Fantasy full time. I guess that was two years ago. Um it's been all downhill since Mist of Pandaria, right? But it's been all downhill for me since Cataclysm, really. And um these guys, I'm just watching like all these like highlight videos, and they're just realizing and like like going over how good it used to be and what the the games turn into now. And now with like the Blizzard lawsuit and like Asmund Gold switching over to Final Fantasy 14, all these people just started dumping the game and switching over. And I I can't imagine being like a like a WoW content creator right now and being like. I just waste because here's the other thing too is that there's a lot of people that really invested in the World of Warcraft story, and they butchered that too. Like, like not just butchered it, but like, like 
took the dog outside and like iced it. You know what I'm saying? Like they really like ruined World of Warcraft's story. They the, they took the him to the, the gas can camp and, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. They just unleash the Seth. <laughs> they, they fed him to 2012 Seth. I'm like, um, I'm like you're the rancor of yeah. <laughs> this Christian camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just feel really bad for these guys, man, because like World, like World of Warcraft team, Blizzard, they really screwed all the fans over. And I mean, there is a better alternative in Final Fantasy, but I can sympathize with them being like, wow, I just wasted 15 years of my life in this game that is essentially they've, they've ruined it now it's trash i can never go back to the old one i feel bad for those guys the the closest i've ever heard someone talk about that is like my brother talking about the boston red sox like i love boston sports teams my brother loves both the red sox and the celtics probably about as much if not more than like i love the patriots i just like football the most um and he hasn't watched a Red Sox game in two years because of the Red Sox trading away Mookie Betts, who like was a player we were expecting to watch for like the next 15 years, like a generational talent that like the Red Sox sort of like lucked into. And they traded him away because they were like worried about like the salary cap and like going over the luxury tax and like paying too much money or whatever. And so my brother, who's watched 80% of Red Sox games for his entire life, he's 38 you know he just like he's just not a red sox fan anymore like he felt so burned by their decision like a year after they won the world series it was like you guys just like you did everything you've been trying to do for the last eight years since the last time you won and he did it and he just traded away this once in a lifetime but like this like fantastic player is going to be loved forever you know and like was great for the city and all this stuff and like they just like completely burned like one of their best fans they've ever had you know and so like for blizzard to go from 60 to zero like that is just like insane but see the the thing is is that it hasn't been that fast either it's been like they've been just crapping down the mouths of wow fans for 10 years and everyone knew it like no one complained about their own game more than world warcraft fans and they were like but you know it's still wow it's it's still our go-to game you know, it's still our boy, and it just kept happening and happening and happening. You know, like we got like Mr. Pandaria, and then Warlords of Draenor, and Legion, and you know, uh, Battle for Azeroth, which was like the really bad one. That's when it started really going downhill. And then Shadowlands came out, and it's just terrible. And it's like all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Well, those guys over there seem like they're having a lot of fun." So we're gonna go over there, and then more people started latching on, and now you've got like this broken community. Of WoW players. Oh, and on top of that, uh, our dev team is a bunch of like predators, and it's like, wow, okay, uh, our game sucks now, and we just all realized it. So it's like you're not going from sixty to zero. You go from sixty to fifty to forty to thirty, and then you're like, oh, we're moving pretty slow, aren't we? Sorry, I don't play. I don't play MMOs. So from the outside, it seemed like it was pretty like within the past year is like when the salt sort of. Yeah. Like, just overtook the complete taste. What's insane to me is just, think of all the MMOs that were, like, just completely squashed, right? Mm -hmm. Just, like, could not break through the World of Warcraft bubble. And it's, like, they were trying to do something different, and because they were too different from WoW, they failed. And, like, do you think people, like, 
Because Final Fantasy is still going strong. I guess Elder Scrolls Online is still going strong. But man, do you no. think do you think people have like buyer's remorse for not giving like Wildstar more of a chance? You know, like I see specifically a lot of Wildstar about specifically about that about Wildstar. But I saw a really great quote. You know, all these games came out and they were quoted as being like the next WoW killer. You know, everyone would want to be a WoW killer. And I saw I forget who wrote it, but they were like Final Fantasy didn't have to kill WoW. I had to wait for WoW to kill itself. You know, and that was that was when I read that I was like, oh, it's so right, like. WoW just took all the wrong steps. And if they had turned it around at any point, they would have come back. But I think it's too late now, man. I think people are sick yeah. of like sick of like the nonsense time wasting mechanics in the game. I think people are sick of the crappy graphics, sick of like the awful animations, the weird character designs, the awful story choices. Like everything has gone wrong for that game. Well, because of the development team. Oh, and it? by the way, like the dev team is super toxic towards their fans. Like, do, do we not like people forget people were really upset about Diablo Immortal and they were like, like making fun of the fans on stage <laughs> at BlizzCon. You know, I get that though, because like, what's that Henry Ford quote that like, if you ask people what they wanted before the car, they would have just said a faster horse. Like, like I, I understand that to a degree. I don't think you need to antagonize your fans. I don't think you need to like be an outright, but yeah. like, there's a difference between following a trend and setting a trend. And I feel okay. like, develop like i understand like that's not at all what you were saying but like i'm defending them a little bit i'm not like letting them get away with being outright douchebags to their community which it sounds like they were also based <laughs> on some random articles i've read i'm like wow that's a crappy thing to say um but well, at, like, at the same time like i think you need to like let the creative people like at least have a chance before at one blizzcon a girl went up on a mic and she's like hey so when are we gonna get some girls in the game that don't like, walk out of victoria's secret catalog and the dude was like well, what catalog would you like them to walk out of? I saw that video. It was, <laughs> oh my it was God. so hard to watch. It's just like, all right, oh, fine. Boy. Not Victoria's Secret. Which catalog then? Yeah, it's like, oh, God, these guys are the worst of the worst. And they act like it. And they just, I, I, I can't, I don't want to say like I'm glad to see them go down in flames. But like, I'm kind of glad to see them go down in well, flames too. It's like, it's horrendous to hear that though. Because like, I didn't know any of that. I, I mean, yeah. I've never kept up with WoW at all. But um, it's just... It's horrible by comparison because you look at Final Fantasy fourteen and Yoshi P and their dev team and yeah, dude. they're like the most receptive group of people. I mean, it, basically any complaint that has ever been brought against Final Fantasy fourteen, they've changed. They've they've changed to to help the community and and to make it a better game and and um, dude, it's just kind of horrible. To, there was by comparison, this pair of leggings in the game that were from near automata they were it was two, the 2b leggings and the people liked how when you put these leggings on it made the your the, your character's butt more round and like like more defined and then they patched it out because it was technically a glitch and people were like yo put it back in we liked that and two weeks it was patched back in <laughs> they fixed it immediately and i was just like it was like one of the things yeah. like yeah the, the final fantasy devs like really care about what their community has to say Yep. Whereas, whereas Blizzard's just like, no, we're going to tell you what you want, and you're going to like it. And people, yeah. I think, got sick of that energy because, yeah, World of Warcraft does have all these mechanics that are just like meant specifically to keep you engaged longer in the game that are not fun, right. that make you log in every single day to do things that you're not interested in, but you do it because you're so attached to this game. And now people are finally breaking that attachment, and they're making all these videos about it. And it's really sad to see. That's all I wanted to say. Sorry, I know I went on for like twenty. <laughs> 
Um, I did want to talk quickly about a, a game that Seth, you and I played, and we played it with with Coach and then yes, friend of the sir. show Ray Apollo on our on our Oculus uh, Quest devices, which is uh, it's called Demio, and it's it's kind of Seth. You probably know a better comparison than me because I, I didn't really know it to me it was kind of like fire emblem like it's a strategy rpg kind of type no, thing i don't know if there's something better it's, it's a tabletop it to. so for to set the stage it is a vr game that yeah. is set up like a tabletop game right so it's a four-player co-op game and you set up in the vr room you're in a basement and you're playing a tabletop game like a physical tabletop yes. game yeah. It is very it's it's much less Dungeons and Dragons because it's not that deep. It's more I would say it's it's very identical to the game Munchkins. If anyone's played Munchkins, it's like a very light RPG yeah. intro game. Where you go through the dungeon, you have set characters, there's four characters to choose from, and you get abilities in card forms and you can use those abilities. Um it was a blast. We had a lot of fun playing yeah. it. Would you agree? No, absolutely. And I think the thing is for me is, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it's pretty simplistic. I mean, you're, you're for sure right about that. Um, basically, the way it works is, um, you know, like you said, you can kind of move your character and, and you choose a class and you get kind of, um, I guess it was cards in the game, but basically yeah. abilities that kind of refresh and you pick up more abilities as you go on that you can use and um so it, it's pretty interesting but the thing for me that like even though it was so simplistic the thing that made it kind of fun is it was okay so we played like the the starting like map thing and we lost like we got demolished yeah it was extremely hard but yeah, did you choose the second hard. campaign instead of the first one ray said no i don't know maybe i did i'm not sure i would be interested to go back and try the first one because yeah that was one of my criticisms of the game was like even in the first encounter we barely made it out alive. Yeah, it was. Ex- <laughs> it, dude, if that is the baseline difficulty for the game, it needs severely rebalanced because yeah, there was four of us all working in tandem together, and we barely made it out. Yeah. And that, that that is the game is very good, very fun. It, it's worth the money. I do have some criticisms though that I think it's first off too simple. Yeah, no, I agree. It's too difficult. There's no progression system for your character, so essentially, it's it's you're you're just going through the campaign, and like your character's not leveling up or anything. And the ability cards that you get, you don't get them frequently enough to really make use of that system. Yeah, well, I and I agree with all that. I I, I either way though, I think with all of us, it was still a blast. But no, oh I yeah, absolutely. Sure. And, and the good thing is, though, at least it does seem like this this dev team is kind of expanding on the game. Like they just mm-hmm. released that full second campaign for free. And so I no, I for sure think that if we're if we're choosing one single complaint, I think it would be the the difficulty was like ridiculous. Uh, but then as well, the simplicity, like I do hope that maybe later on in like the third campaign or something, they add in some new elements or whatever it may be um, to kind of make it a little more involved. But the the thing for me that that made the game fantastic is just the fact that it's like you're playing a board game with three other people remotely and it feels like you're all just there having fun playing a board game together and that to me was like the coolest thing um cuz i mean it's 
it was just kind of neat, like to be sitting in this room and there's like a physical board there on the table. Like it's it just you're in this really cool 80s basement. Yeah. It's, it's themed very well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that I got from this game is that it's a great first step into a different kind of VR genre. And dude, I would love to see like what Wizards of the Coast or the, the people that make some of these great CRPGs like Divinity or Pillars of Eternity could do it with, with like, uh, like technology like this and, and build upon it. George, you're shaking your head now. I don't trust Wizards of the Coast to do a goddamn thing uh, digitally. I don't trust them digitally to do anything right ever. Well, they're making I, Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. That's one thing I didn't talk about was MTG Arena. That game's a, a goddamn mess. Um, <laughs> I was so jealous I couldn't make it. I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to be like an alternate. We were, or we were supposed to just like swap around and do stuff. Um, so talking more about, sorry, like how much was the game? And like, do you feel like it was like a good VR showcase? Like, because I know not everyone listening has VRs. So, like, let's talk a little bit about that. I'm still relatively yeah. new to VR too. So it's it's thirty bucks, which is a little higher price than some other VR games. A right. lot of them are closer to twenty, twenty five ish. But um, I'd say it's mid range price. Um, the VR stuff in it, I thought was awesome. So basically, the way it works is your two controllers. There are triggers on each controller, obviously, on the Oculus Quest. And I think that's the only thing you might be able to get the game on PC. I'm not sure. So maybe it's playable on Vive, but all they of us said, were, were playing on Quest. They said they were working on a 2D version to come out later. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the the VR stuff, basically, so like I said, you're, you're sitting in this basement type room and the board is physically in front of you like you, I mean, like in real life, like you would play a board game. Mm-hmm. Um. But the difference was that made it kind of neat for me for VR is you can take your triggers and hold them and you can rotate the whole board like however you want it to be. And if you kind of hold your triggers and then pull out, it zooms in and you can like get literally like a foot away from your character on the board and see literally the whole room, like basically in life size and then push in and you can see like the whole board. And so... I got really that excited. Awesome. I got really excited when you sent screenshots of this game because it looked to me like Dungeon Dice Monsters from like that little episode break of like Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, when they, they just like met that cool guy. It's just like dual monsters for losers. Have you played this game that uses those same monsters and dice? Like that was yeah. basically they just did that for five episodes and it was like the longest dumb arc ever until the third season. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the VR Yu-Gi-Oh. stuff, I I really liked because I. I'm glad it wasn't just like you were sitting there and you couldn't do anything, but the fact that you can rotate the board and, and position yourself however you want to by just kind of holding and like, basically like you would hold a board and, and move it. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, like I said, you can, I, I really like the fact that you could zoom in cause I was zooming in a lot and just kind of looking at my character and seeing what was going on. And, and they look really good too. The characters yeah. look really good. The, the models are really, really high quality. So that's, that's such a cool thing though. Like I love that in games where like, I think I, I heard someone talk about this when they were talking about breath of the wild about like, you know, I saw an apple in a tree and I wondered if I could shoot it out with an arrow. And it turns out I could, you know, where it's just yeah. like, you try to do a thing and it just like works on the game. They're like, no, we thought of that. And so just the idea of you being able to spin a physical board, does that change the orientation for anyone else? Like, is it just, no, just, just for you. Okay. So basically I think what the other people see and I, I kind of wish it was a little different for as far as you seeing the other players. Basically, you only see like the a little like 
these this like mask thing sure as like the other person and then you can kind of see their hands sometimes i think it's like when it's the player's turn you'll see their hands but otherwise they're like these little kind of translucent like orbs that appear that are where the player's hands are just so that it's not in the way for the person mm-hmm. you know trying to to do their turn but um i think basically if you like turn the board all the other people will see is your your you know quote unquote goggles that is your face kind of moving around the board essentially to to reorient so um but no i mean it's i really like that stuff and and like Seth said i i hope that we see more of this stuff later on i know that um tabletop simulator on pc has vr support which is kind of interesting oh, i didn't know that yeah so and i i haven't tried that yet and i'm i'm kind of curious too but I, would, I was just thinking in my head i was like man i really wish the the creators of divinity original sin were knocking on these people's door being like hey let's work together and make something here because that would be a game that would be really really special yeah. you know if you could just because Divinity Original Sin has like a D&D mode where you can create your own campaign, your own characters, your own, your, you know, your own plot. But that that technology of being together in the basement, it felt like a real tabletop game yeah. was the crazy thing. You know, you, you, you literally picked up the dice with your hands and you were rolling it and the dice would roll across the board and, and you would see what you got. And I'm like, dude, that is so cool. This is such a cool concept. Um but I, yeah, I do have some gripes with the game. I would be really interested, like I said, to go back and do the first campaign to see yeah. if it is as hard as we were making it out to be, or maybe there was some core mechanic that we were missing with the characters and yeah. how they interact. Um, but I definitely want to jump more into that. That was yeah. the most fun I've had with my Oculus probably since I bought it. I, I think so too. I think that, I mean, honestly, that's probably been my favorite experience in VR so far is just kind of playing that because, um, like I said, I mean, it felt like we were all just kind of chilling there playing a game together, and it was just pretty neat. Like the the whole waiting for the dice to roll, and that's all like watching the die, and and um, you know, whatever. I missed like a bajillion times somehow, and and you know, we were all just kind of groan and moan anytime the little yeah, skull the, propped up for me. And... We were so close to death that anytime <laughs> anyone would miss, it was like, oh, yeah. that's that's a that's a problem. <laughs> Dude, you're you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. 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 So, man, but no, uh, I think the thing is for me, George, you've got to get in on us. I miss D so much, man. I haven't played in like almost a year. Like our our group like disbanded, or mm-hmm. it was earlier this year. I can't remember. Time means nothing to me anymore. But I I feel like I either haven't played in six months or I haven't played in a year, and it's like killing <laughs> me inside. Yeah. Um, I miss it so much. I miss just like the socializing, and so like I've never done multiplayer on on Oculus. So like you have like the little head earbuds that go in. Uh, so I assume it's just like live time chat that's going on. Like you can just hear yeah. everyone at all times. Oh, that's, uh, yep. that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean, we've got to play it. And I think if you're, if you're out there listening and, and wondering if you should get the game, I mean, I think if you've got a few friends to play with, I think it's like 100% worth it. There it is. <laughs> George is showing his, his quest. He's playing it right now. He's, he's downloading the game. <laughs> he's downloading the game. <laughs> he doesn't have his controllers, but I'm downloading <laughs> The quest has hand tracking, Seth. Did you know that? Oh, I did. I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah I completely yeah. forgot about that. I use that sometimes when I'm. I found my controllers. Like my controllers. <laughs> but no, I mean, a water bottle. For sure, if you have like people to play with, I, I think it's it's a it's a definite purchase yeah. on the quest. But, um, but yeah, so. Well, I guess we can end it there, unless somebody has anything else they 
It's a great show. I want to talk about. So George looks like he just popped out of VR. <laughs> oh my God. For, how long was I in there? <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? All right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening as always. I'm, I'm sure you know this if you're at the very end of the show, but we're available pretty much everywhere, anywhere you get your podcast. Please share this show with your friends if you can. We, we appreciate kind of you sharing us around and getting the word out there about this ridiculous show that we do. And um, we really appreciate it. If you're listening on a podcast service where you can leave a review, also do that for us if you can. Uh, we do take questions. We didn't have any questions this week, but if you feel like sending us a question, it can be pretty much about anything. You can send it to our social media pages. Um, our Twitter and Instagram are both at FrameskipPod, and then our Facebook is facebook.com slash FrameskipPod. You can also send our uh, your question in at the question form, bit.ly slash FrameskipQ. George has something to say. What up? Uh, yeah, really quick off that. You just shared all the handles. That was awesome. Um, it is free to retweet. Uh, so when this That's episode true. goes live, if you happen to see it on the feed, maybe you don't see it on the feed. Maybe you have to type in at frame skip pod. Uh, look us up. Retweet us. Try, try to get us out there. The more people listen, uh, the more stuff we're going to try out, the more experimental yeah. we're going to get both of the shows, both of the content we play. And that's super exciting. Also, please. Let us know what video game you think would have to be at the top of that mountain that would make <laughs> Lizard Man a full loco Lizard Man. And would you fight Seth in that situation? Please, yeah. Let us know. What, what do you think your <laughs> Apex U could beat Apex 2011 <laughs> Seth? <laughs> Keep in mind he was wearing a tap out shirt yeah. hoodie. Yeah, yeah. That was, was that was him, that was prime tap power. out years. It's funny because yeah. anyone back then who wore a tap out shirt, I was either like, man, I could just like that guy up or i was just like i don't even want to make eye contact with that guy it was really it just it lived in the the world of extremes and austin i will venmo you five dollars for that f-bomb i apologize but uh yeah just only existed on the on the on the skirts of the spectrum only on the edge well there you go guys write us in with those answers we'd love to hear them so thank you all for listening we'll catch you next week see ya later